I'm joined by James Newpay, Presidential Economic Advisor and Green Hydrogen Commissioner. What were some of the key investment and business collaboration opportunities that were discussed at this conference that Namibia can leverage from in the long run? Yeah. Thanks, Angie, for, for having me again. It's always so, so, so good to be back. I mean, look, I hope Namibians get used to it. We are executing on a lot of firsts, very much a continuation of the theme of engagements that we saw really starting with the EU, right? And uh, 2022, this year, we've seen those conversations sort of mature. And I think in October, we're going to be having a forum in Brussels where we'll be bringing a lot of what has happened to light from the EU side. In June and April, we had engagements with our Japanese colleagues really again along similar themes and now we are seeing South Korea as well and just as we had mentioned before if we look at the areas in the world that has the highest levels of demand for these clean molecules it was Europe it was Japan and the third one was Korea South Korea so South Korea though aren't just looking for molecules they're here as well saying look we are indeed actually some of the biggest consumers of lithium They make batteries for vehicles and so many other applications. And of course, they've taken notice that Namibia has some of these deposits, but Namibia is a business-friendly environment and that we are looking to enrich and add value to our minerals here at home to make them into battery precursors, for example, that then go into the battery manufacturing process. So very, very exciting, I think, delegation. We had Samsung here. We had POSCO, Korean Zinc. Um, and then, of course, we had envoys from the government as well. So the first of hopefully many interactions and engagements with the South Korean business community and, of course, their government that will hopefully realize an FDI, investment coming in, technology being deployed here into Namibian refineries or smelters, uh, so that we can really start working towards that Vision 2030 agenda that our founding president had so, so many years ago. Then, James, has Korea always been a key stakeholder in the energy sector for Namibia? And how were they identified as such a key stakeholder, knowing that China is one of the largest partners in energy and mining sector of Namibia? Absolutely. So, you know, I have mentioned that this was a deliberate identification of potential trading partners around the world, right? So we sat back and we looked at who in the world needed what. We saw, again, that Japan, the EU were all members of the Mineral Security Partnership and they needed these minerals as well. We saw that the just energy transition is a mega trend that is coming sooner rather than later, right? And everyone keeps talking about the shifting towards cleaner technologies to reduce emissions and combat climate change. And with Namibia being strategically positioned as a potential just energy transition champion, we could have vast deposits of everything from gas, which is considered a clean uh, fuel compared with, with other hydrocarbons, to of course renewable energy that then allows us to make the molecules, to the minerals that then allow us to make the various alloys and, and battery materials that we need. We went and said, who are the key players out there? So Korea is definitely one of those. If you think of um, POSCO, it's a big, big steel player. Um, if you think of Samsung, as I said, a big battery manufacturer, a Korean zinc has very interesting proprietary technology that allows you to smelt zinc, but also capture other precious metals like, like gold. And then, of course, one has to consider Korea is the 10th largest economy in the world. $1.8 trillion in GDP and just about $35,000 per capita in terms of GDP. Namibia is at 4800 So there's seven times our size relative on a GDP.
GDP per capita basis. And they're some of the most technologically advanced nations out there. Plus, they were one of the first nations in the world to actually come out with a hydrogen law. So obviously, a very logical destination in terms of engagement. It just so happens as well that they have their own ambitions to host the World Expo 2030. So their visit here for us was pretty much dual. Uh, talking about these other areas of collaboration, but of course, um, also courting Namibia to work with them um, as they seek to uh, to establish themselves as a potential candidate for the World Expo 2030. So a very interesting time indeed for Namibia to be hosting a player such as South Korea yeah. here in Windhoek. Prior to this partnership, what business-to-business opportunities existed and how did Namibia leverage from these activities and partnerships? So... I think NIPDB did a pretty interesting presentation that looked at the exports and imports for South Korea and Namibia. And we could see that there were some exports in the um, equipment side. I think it was lots of machinery that they were exporting to, to us. And I think we might have exported our typical items to them, whether it was agricultural products or some of our mineral products. But really, it is the first time that such a senior delegation has visited Namibia. Let's be honest. I think before this, we also had very interesting relationships. People don't know this, but Namibia and South Korea were the two finalists to host the Global Climate Fund. And those headquarters are now in Seoul, but Namibia came pretty close. And at the conclusion of that particular dialogue, Namibia and South Korea agreed to collaborate in various areas, especially in the renewable energy space as well. So there is that existing relationship, but it has never been as deep as what it is promising to be. So we think we now have an interesting portfolio of opportunities and we've agreed with the ambassador who happens to be based in Angola but is the ambassador for Angola and Namibia that after these discussions they will revert back to us certainly at the presidency at the Ministry of International Relations at NIPDB to understand what those new dynamics and relationships could be going forward. Yeah, yeah. And then Namibia is essentially trending in uncharted territory. As far as this forum of energy is concerned, how can the relationship with Korea assist the development of local skills and business development in as far as, as the energy sector is concerned? Practically speaking, what we discussed is I said, look, it's all well and fine for you to come and deploy some capital and, and some technology to add value to our minerals and, of course, to take some of those precursors back into processes. But it would also be great if we were to forge a relationship where we had key tertiary sector institutions or research institutions from your country, collaborate with similar ones in our country, as we have done with some of our other development partners, and start doing scholarship programs in specific areas where you think you have strength so that we start sharing IP uh, and not just you know capital and and uh, and technology they were very receptive to that particular idea we have a high unemployment challenge but if we play our cards right we could really deal a pretty strong blow to that issue fairly quickly now how we do that isn't just grabbing every job that's available but allowing as well our development partners to contribute to our own evolution by Working here, living here, and um, deploying their own IP and their own know-how in Namibia, and that will help us create even more jobs. So sometimes when I look at players like South Korea, Japan, you know, the US, ETC, Europe, yes, we want them to invest it to create jobs for locals, but we would also like some of them to settle here, right? Because what you want is you want a dynamic society, right? You want something that looks like California, London, Singapore, you know, New York. So th- these are 
cities that are big enough to be countries, but they're dynamic enough in that they make it comfortable for people from around the world to come to those areas and deploy uh, their capability and their know-how. So, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing how that particular relationship develops with South Korea. But I know that as a nation and as a people, they have a lot to offer Namibia. Last question. With the green hydrogen extraction being so water intensive, how does the collaboration with Korea and other counterparts ensure the provision of water to the mining fields? And what cost are we roughly looking at for this? Sure. So the desalination plants that are going to have to be deployed to help with uranium extraction and processing, lithium extraction and processing, hydrogen production, agricultural production, it's now become clearly apparent and abundant that one desalination plant will not cut it, right? We will need some in the Irongo region. We will need some in the Karas region. Eventually, we may even need some in the Konene region. So Korea definitely has some expertise in deploying technology into the desalination space. So do, do the Israelis and, and many other you know, uh, countries around the world. What Namibia now has to do is really come to a place of policy congruency where we say, look, we are looking to explore and pursue these areas. Um, for example, value addition, right? Uh, if you're going to pr- make lithium hydroxide and lithium carbonate, you're going to need lots of water. We want to add value to our uranium, you're going to need some water. You want to make clean molecules, you're going to need some water. So then we have to come to a policy conclusion that says, look, we need to allow private sector capital into the water sector in a manner that, yes, it still allows us to ensure water security as a country, but at the same time in a manner that allows those companies and corporates to get visibility on the needs that they will have for um, for their own processing capacities. I know those conversations are going on at the moment between the Ministry of Mines and Energy, the Ministry of, of Agriculture and Water and Land, of course, the Ministry of Finance, Minister of Industrialization, really cabinet, right? Because we cannot achieve... Um, our our industrialization agendas without being able to deploy more capital and know-how than government has into the water sector. So this conversation with Korea is no different. If anything, it will buttress the need that Namibia has to, to be dynamic in how it is that we develop our water sector.